Welcome to Stacy on the Right here on Family Vision Media. I'm so happy to be joined by Timothy Head, the Executive Director of the Faith and Freedom Coalition. Thank you so much for your time today, sir. Oh, of course. Thanks so much for having me, Stacy. I'm excited to talk to you because there's a connection between district attorneys and pro-life activities at the local level. And so I wanted you to talk a little bit about that because you wrote an article for the Western Journal, which is linked in the podcast show notes today, um, about this specific topic. Well, you know, the uh, uh, when you when you kind of get to the brass tacks, uh, whenever a state legislature uh, uh, passes a statute, a, a new law into into uh, force into a given state uh, that has potentially has criminal implications, uh, people could go to jail or prison over it. It's up to the district attorney of of every uh, county in that state to actually investigate and then enforce that statute or that criminal law. And uh, so we've already seen, you know, we're we're only a few weeks into this um, effectuation of the of the U.S. Supreme Court's um, uh, Dobbs decision, and we're starting to see states take action, you know, special sessions and things of that nature. Uh, uh, adjusting their their pro life laws on the books, but we've had almost a hundred DAs, or district attorneys across the country, that have proactively come out and said that they will not enforce any criminal uh, code, any criminal statute, um, you know, related to uh, to abortion. So functionally, you know, uh, in a state like Texas, for instance, if if um, the the DA of Travis County, which is Austin, Texas, just says we are not doing that here. They effectively they, they usurp the Texas legislature, and so we're seeing that kind of uh, happening more and more across the country. So one thing I got to say about that, you know, we this is a precedent set by Democrats across the country where they just decide what laws they will and won't abide by. They've been doing this with the Soros prosecutors who have really increased crime through this same kind of action. And there should not be a place in America where you can actually make a decision that you're not going to follow the law without there being any ramifications. So what is the answer to this lawlessness? Well, I'll point out a quick challenge that we see across the country. So every prosecutor in the country, this is kind of well-established in state and constitutional law, is afforded a degree of what they refer to as prosecutorial discretion. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, every every uh, DA's office uh, eventually has a limited number of resources, a limited number of prosecutors, a limited number of time, a limited number maybe of jails in, in that county. And so uh, no prosecutor can prosecute every single crime that's happening every single day. Uh, so they're, they're kind of uh, tasked with using some discernment or discretion and and uh, how they will marshal those resources. But the problem that I have with this is these 100 DAs are not saying they won't enforce the law because they don't have enough prosecutors or in a specific case, we don't have enough evidence. They are uh, proactively, uh, really preemptively, before a law is even passed in a state, they're saying no matter what the state legislature says on this, this is what I'm going to do, no matter what they say. That is not prosecutorial discretion. Uh, That is... You know, we talk a lot about judicial activism. Well, this is prosecutorial activism, right? Uh, they're just saying, carte blanche, no matter what anybody says, you can't make me do what the state legislature says. And so, uh, you know, there are actually state bars um, 
obviously uh, prosecutors are attorneys, they're licensed attorneys. And so there are state bars that are exploring possibly, you know, sanctioning and potentially even disbarring uh, attorneys over over essentially kind of uh, abuse of this prosecutorial discretion. So that is one avenue by which we can kind of restore some order. But what do you think is spurring on this desire to Instead of making changes at the state legislature, you just simply decide and outside of prosecutorial discretion that you're not going to enforce a law before it's even passed. In other words, it almost feels as if it's a threat. Don't pass any legislation about abortion because we are not going to listen to you. Well, there's uh, there's there's kind of a uh, a functional component to it, like you just said. You know, uh, they're just they're just kind of telegraphing to the state legislature, um, that, you know, that they're. Uh, their power is limited, but there also is obviously a political play. So these DAs are all um, are all elected uh, and uh, across the country, and and generally you find that that the DAs that are doing this are from urban centers, which, uh, as we all know, uh, tend to to be uh, center left, if not extremely left, and so. You know, uh, back to our Texas example, the rest of Texas is a very red place, but uh, Travis County in Austin is a very blue place. And so there's kind of a, you know, political kind of, uh, you know, they're beating their chest a little bit saying uh, defying either a governor or a, or a state legislature. But I'll say, you know, among other things, that this does not go well, as you can imagine, with state legislators uh, who also, for instance, uh, appropriate budgets to uh, a lot of those DA's offices. Uh, there's a number of other uh, statutes that have implications, not not just abortion, but all criminal law. Uh, and and then the uh, the other piece that a lot of state legislatures are exploring is granting uh, what's referred to as concurrent jurisdiction to an attorney general in any of these states, so that if the DA, uh, you know, in Travis County in Texas chooses not to investigate or prosecute, the Texas attorney general also would have equal uh, standing. To, to investigate and to, to prosecute. So I think there are ways around this, but, uh, but it, is, it, it definitely is a, a, a pretty serious challenge right now. So for people of faith, we're, we're looking at, you know, obviously we're looking for ways to pray about these issues, ways to uh, impact things at the voter ballot box, um, even activism that we can participate in. What is your message of encouragement to, you know, because this, this is obviously the fight's not over. The fight for Roe v. Wade, the fight for life, didn't end with Roe being remanded back to the states. In fact, the real effort begins now because we have to double down on efforts to help women um, educate women and men about what, you know, what happens when people have sex. It's it's kind of basic for those of us who under, have understanding. But for a lot of people, they see sex as a mean for, means for pleasure only when sex is a means for reproduction and it's supposed to be held within the bonds of marriage under the biblical covenant. So we, we have a lot of work to do. What's your message of encouragement for people? Well, you bet. So, you know, as, as we're continuing to endeavor to protect innocent life, um, you're exactly right. It didn't, it didn't end the fight. It basically just kind of changed the playing field. And so we have to be equally vigilant. Uh, so, you know, our, our focus has been on, on the White House and the Supreme Court for now for you know, basically 50 years. But, um, but that focus has to re, um, to refocus on, uh, state legislatures. There are about 30 states. Uh, that are poised uh, to um, to affect pretty significant pro-life legislation here, probably in the next uh, roughly six to nine months. And um, but but ultimately, 
if we want to truly see uh, the the abortion number in the in the in the United States move to zero, uh, that ultimately is going to be a a cultural and and I think a spiritual uh, move. Exactly like you just said, we need to change the hearts and minds of uh, people to understand uh, the importance of marriage, the importance of, respo- of personal responsibility, and uh, and the beauty and and uh, and really sanctity of of each of these individual lives. And, and until we're there, we're we're still going to be kind of trying to curtail uh, a pretty heinous practice. And so, my hope and prayer is uh, is as we're seeing states uh, move in the right direction, and we're seeing that number continue to whittle uh, smaller and smaller. Um, you know that uh, that we can uh, also pray that uh, basically that the spirit of God will continue to move in this country and uh, and will bring conviction as well as hope uh, around these issues. And we're very optimistic that, that uh, we're seeing a lot of fruit here. Yes, I, you know, and I, I have to say, not only are we seeing a lot of fruit, but I think that this new reality where you can have a county in Texas that's basically an abortion sanctuary, but the rest of the state is very pro-life, that we're going to start to see the ramifications because sin and disobedience bring um, and they bring consequences, intended and unintended. The Bible is very clear about, you know, this day you have to choose, choose whom you will follow. And every day we make that choice. And for people of faith, you know, it, it's obviously a struggle. We live in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world. So we're striving for that higher calling. But for people who are intentionally choosing to support abortion and everything that goes along with that, there are um, practical ramifications of being a, an abortion sanctuary having people spending time in your jurisdiction just so that they can get abortions. Um, that We're already seeing the uh, uptick in crime as a result of people having ungodly prosecutors and district attorneys placed over them by George Soros and and the uh, uninformed voter. So I, do you see any, any implications for that, that we're going to start to see two very different Americas, the pro-life America and the experience in those areas and the uh, pro-abortion America and, and that experience? That's a, a great question, and I think you're, you're drawing a lot of really important parallels or, or kind of uh, nexuses here. So uh, the, the reality is that, you know, clearly we're talking about the, the life issue or, or um, you know, uh, trying to curtail abortions in America. But uh, but these decisions or these kind of positions don't just exist in a in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those prosecutors that are that are uh, as an example that are choosing to to kind of defy state legislature on on life, um, we're already defying state legislature on uh, on marijuana. Uh, for mm-hmm. instance, they just you know kind of summarily said, you know, if you have less than six ounces of marijuana in, in my county. You're just not going to be investigated, you know, despite what the uh, the state law might say. And uh, and they also, you know, uh, selectively uh, enforce other other laws as well. So you you almost end up with kind of these legal fiefdoms. Uh, the the immigration law would be another example. Mm-hmm. So these um, these stances or positions tend to kind of cluster or bundle, uh, you know, around each other, which is uh, um, among other things. I think it's going to make a lot of a lot of voters across the country uh, start to pay even more close attention to who their prosecutor, who their district ter- attorney is, uh, because uh, they do have, uh, frankly, in a lot of ways, uh, almost uh, supreme power when it comes to kind of the streets of of, uh, of America. So uh, that's part of the reason why we're trying to bring attention to this uh, here at Faith and Freedom. 
Yeah, and I, I have to say that the the intersection between living in a safe, wholesome place and voting, it, I, I feel like it's going to become crystal clear. Right now, um, it is a little clearer, but it has been obscured in the past because as a nation, we used to have a much more unified view of, you know, what is a baby? Well, it has to come out of a human woman, you know, in order for it to be a baby. No matter how many times people call dogs babies, they're not babies, they're dogs. And so when when we used to all agree on that when we all agreed that, you know, children shouldn't be taught sexual content, that criminals should be prosecuted, that if you're arrested on a violent felony charge, you aren't automatically released on your own recognizance. All these things used to be universal norms for us. And now it depends on where you're located. And so people, 48 million people have already made the decision to move from blue areas in America to red areas due to the pandemic, lockdowns, and due to crime. And so I, I think there'll be more sorting. There'll be more people who are really, if, if you go and you look to see if the new house you're thinking about buying is in a safe neighborhood, you'll also be looking to see if there's enforcement on certain criminal activity. And for those of us who are Christians, whether or not the prosecutor or district attorney in that county will prosecute abortion as a crime in a pro-life state that's going to have to be something we add to our list of things that we check on. Um, I think your article does a great job of elucidating that. I recommend everyone on the podcast first read it and then click one of the buttons on the side here. Share it on Facebook or Twitter. The time for hiding our political stances and what we believe in is over. We need to share so people can be informed and make better decisions. A lot of the things that we're seeing happen in America today are due, due to pure ignorance. And I, for one, I'm ready for people to be informed. If you're going to behave ignorantly, do so in an informed way, as opposed to just not knowing anything. I think that's a pure travesty in the information age. Uh, I'll let you close out here. Is there anything else you want to add on this? It's such an important subject for you to be sharing on. Well, you know, I, I, not only I think are we shedding light on on the prosecutorial side that uh, that uh, I really appreciate you talking about, but I think another piece that's worth revisiting another day is is the corporate side of this equation, right? So not mm. only do we need to know, um, you know, what our local uh, law enforcement community is, is doing, but also what, you know, where our dollars go, where our our, our uh, consumer patterns, uh, you know, those 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 dollars that flow out into the marketplace. Uh, do end up getting used for something, and uh, we have the ability to determine if that's used for good or good or used for ill. And so, uh, you know, I, I do think that we're seeing a lot of progress, but there certainly is uh, uh, there's um, still a ways to go before we're all the way home on this stuff. Yep, uh, a long way to go, um, but God is faithful, and I know that He blesses our work when we're working for eternity and working for the the lives of unborn babies. That's eternity type work, so we have to to continue to press in. Um, we love what Faith and Freedom does. We love all of all of the conferences, the the different events that you put on, and especially the work that you do on a day to day basis. Tell everyone how they can find out more about Faith and Freedom. You bet. So our our website is just ffcoalition.com. And, uh, and and certainly we're uh, regularly kind of uh, tracking our progress uh, on the federal and state levels there. And then uh, and also you can uh, everybody can certainly uh, track with us on social media as well. You know, clearly on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. So uh, we would uh, we would we would welcome any opportunities to communicate with you. And uh, again, thank you so much, Stacey, for everything that you do. I'm so excited that you could join us today. And I have to say, your suggestion that we delve into the the issue further. Uh, Duly noted, we'll have you back to, to talk about that aspect. Timothy Head, Executive Director of Faith and Freedom Coalition, thank you for your time and God bless.
Thanks so much. God bless. All right. So that was a fantastic interview. Please share the podcast. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts and find out more at familyvisionmedia.org. Stacey Washington, I'll be back with you next time. God bless.